Stag. Man and his amazing friends. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to uh, another episode of Chippin' Away, a Chip Zdarsky podcast where we talk Chip Zdarsky books. <laughs> <laughs> this is my nightmare. The day's, the day's finally come, everybody. Welcome to the episode of Stegman and his amazing friends featuring Chip Zdarsky. I'm Griffin. I'm always here. Uh, Ryan's here, of course. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Chip's yawning into the microphone. Great to have you, Chip. This was inevitable. Great to have you, man. This had to happen. Uh, I'm not happy about it, and uh, we'll see where it goes, but I just hope nobody listens to this. Well, uh, you're welcome for giving you the chip bump, for Mm -hmm. properly promoting your podcast, which so far has had, what, Donnie on 12 times? So Donnie 12 times and yeah. um, Scotty once. Yeah, yeah. What was the other one where it was just, um, oh, yeah, you were gonna you were giving tips to people on how to draw? Uh, apparently you listened to this show. Is that the case? I, I, I tuned in for that one where it's just you <laughs> fucking um, listing books people should read. Uh, did you like it? Did you learn anything? Yeah, yeah. I learned to fucking just go to Amazon and Google how to draw. <laughs> Well, that's what I did to set up for that episode. So yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I'd love to take an art class with you sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, can, like I have a lot to teach. Hand you. out a reading list. Yeah. Hey, Chip, hey. you just won an Eisner, man. Uh, congrats on that. Yeah, congrats. Uh, Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man number three ten, yeah. uh, an excellent story. But we um, can't gloss but, over the fact that he also lost some Eisners. Uh, yeah, good point. That's where I was heading with. Well, that. I mean, that's the problem when you get. When you get nominated for so many eyes, right, like yeah. you're bound to lose some, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, you know that, right? No, I don't. I don't know any what any of that's like, yeah, honestly. No. Have you not been nominated for an Eisner? I have not been nominated for anything even close to the Eisners. Everything that I am on is, I think, uh, immediately not Eisner worthy. I think that's one of the criteria is that Ryan Stegman is not allowed to work on it, uh, or yeah. it's not Eisner worthy. Yeah, I mean, but Harvey's for sure, right? <sighs> I was nominated, my very first book, I was nominated for some fake British comic book award that because the book was published in England. Oh, is that the Eagle Award? I don't think so. I don't even think no. it was that. No. It was uh, clearly somebody who worked on the book had gotten uh, some sort of in into some fake award system. and uh, But I got to tell people that I was nominated for an award, so that was nice. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, actually, that's not true. Winning an Eisner is much better than that. Oh, but I did win a Tony this year. Oh. Yeah. So. Can't gloss over that. No, obviously. And we're pretty sure that we're going to sweep the podcast Oscars mm-hmm. that are coming up. We'll probably... We're in the running. There for are, there are podcast stuff. awards, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this one's not getting any. This, <laughs> this episode. The other episodes might. Actually, no, I'm associated with this. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, you got that. You got that stink on you. The Stegman stink. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Chip, you're working on a little book right now called Daredevil. Is that uh, how you pronounce it? In Canada? Let's not play these fucking games. Yeah, you know it's called Daredevil. Daredevils. Playing all like cool. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it the Daredevil? Listen, man, I'm trying to play for both teams here. Right. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't know whose side he's on yet. Yeah, play for the Eisner winning team. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he makes a good point, Ryan. Um, So we'll call you back in like 20 minutes. Look, is that good? I'm disappointed. I told everybody on Twitter to write me in. 
uh, for an Eisner Award after I wasn't nominated. And I bet if I if I saw the ballots, I'll bet nobody did it except me. <laughs> so I don't do know why ever, I dude, say look, these things on Twitter. Do you actually vote for yourself in the awards? I no, I've never. Well, I've never been nominated, so how would oh, sorry I mean, <laughs> right in you right right in yourself? <laughs> no, I've never written myself in. It would be too obvious where the ballot came from then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just the one. Yeah. Every year, Ryan Stegman gets one vote for best artist. I don't know who's doing that. <laughs> he still spells his name wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I am writing Daredevil. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so that's great because we're going to talk about Daredevil uh, on this episode right here. We're going to talk about the first volume, the first arc of Daredevil, issues one through five, um, No Fear. Uh, How does that sound? Everybody want to talk about that? Uh, or should we talk about Venom again, Ryan? No, I, hey, I, well, we can, yeah. Chip, do you have any questions about Venom? You still riding on Venom? <laughs> Absolute carnage, out? bro. Next week. <laughs> Yeah, I got some questions about it. Is it actually Cletus Cassidy? Like, <laughs> would you consider it to actually be him? Or just his reanimated? Oh corpse? man, they have put us through the ring over the last few days. But I, I'm I'm pleased that they're passionate about their I, character. But the the I thing know, is I don't know what you're talking about. I have a legitimate yeah, question. You do know. Uh, on Twitter we're getting hammered a little bit because um, we said hammered. some stuff on the podcast that wasn't exactly accurate. And so the, the hardcore well, it was more like we were just kind of talking in broad general terms, uh, mm-hmm. but people were are now asking us questions, but they're they're pretty aggressive about their questions that they're asking us on Twitter. But yeah. what I know, well, because you're disrespecting the character. Yeah, what I know is that they're going to read it and they're going to love it, and it's all yeah. you know, it's it's what they want. But for some reason, I can't just tell them that it's what they want, and they're telling me it's not what they want, and I'm like, no, well, you haven't read the book, and. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I'm happy that they're into it, and I know they're going to read it, and they're going to love it, so whatever. I do have I, I have one question so that we can get off the topic of me and this fiasco. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's quite the fiasco. It's like three people on Twitter yelling at you. You know what? Th- that is really what it is. It's three people. Yeah, and, uh, yeah but in your it head, it's loud, like it's yeah. a community. It's right. like, yeah, of course. Um, Chip, I want to know. You're such a fucking what? weak, weak man. <laughs> Just oh, you, you've never up. gotten caught up in this stuff, right? No, <laughs> not once. Um, here's my question. Yeah. When did they offer you Daredevil? And why? Because, you, because this doesn't seem like something that you would have naturally been a fit for. And uh, how... I don't know, like, how did you come to be doing this book? Because it actually worked out really great. I've read the first, you know, five issues, which the trade comes out this uh, this week, right? It's out, is it this Wednesday or next Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, it's out tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, and that, so people are going to be able to get that. Like, how did this all come together? Because it's 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 an interesting fit, and the fact that it works, uh, you know, is even better. I'm sorry. Could you actually give me a question? I want to know give me how like five I, fucking questions. All right, there. let's start with how did it happen? When did it happen? Why did it happen? Like, are you, it's like you just went to journalism it, school and you you're know like, what? well, I've got to ask all five I'm, uh, or whatever. Basically, I want to know why would they do this to us? <laughs> <laughs> no, really, like, how did it come all right, about? All right. That's, that's you know what? I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be okay. fucking genuine. That's, right. I'm trying to be genuine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just, I'm just laughing because this is just like an amateur shit show. The, um, 
Can we change the title of this podcast? <laughs> yeah, what were you thinking, Ryan? Amateur shit show. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right. With Ryan Stegman. Yeah. Yeah. Is Ryan Stegman. <laughs> Amateur shit show is Ryan Stegman. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> Are you drinking? Mm. Oh, yeah, I had to for this thing. I'm trying to calm my nerves because I, I knew I was going to come in hot. Guns blazing. <laughs> real, real fucking hot with all the, all the W's. <laughs> Who, what, when, why, where. <laughs> Chip. Uh, yeah, so when um, when uh, CB, Sabalski, your mm-hmm. friend, my Never friend. Never heard of him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, he'll enjoy that. <laughs> be, pre- be prepared. Um uh, when he came on board as editor in chief, he kind of he sent a, a email to the, the contract writers, the ones who are exclusive, mm-hmm. um, basically saying, um, "What should Chip do next?" Okay. Uh, they all wrote back and said, "Daredevil." Is that real? What? No, <laughs> not fucking real. What the no, hell? He wrote, oh, he wrote an email that said, um, uh, "List your dream projects here at Marvel." Uh huh. Like, like even if you don't think it could possibly happen or whatever. Um, just so he had a sense of what we wanted. And, uh, uh, so I wrote, uh, I wrote Daredevil as my top choice. And, uh, I think that, um, probably confused him at first. Mm -hmm. And I think he had a meeting probably with, uh, a bunch of people and they were talking about, uh, casting, uh, writers and artists for upcoming books. And, uh, um, they knew Charles's run was going to be coming to an end and, um, I was kind of without uh, a book. I was like down a book, and they were like, "Let's let's see what what, uh, what Chip's got," and uh, and so I put together the pitch and I went to the uh, retreat, mm-hmm. and I had to pitch it in front of the room. Were you pitching? Were you pitching against other writers, or was it this is your job mm, to lose? Essentially? No, I don't think so, and and I don't. Um, I, I don't like to pitch against other writers. Yeah. Like I, I actually, I, I back off as soon as I find out that's the case. Mm-hmm. As it happened with me on Star Lord, like they approached me to do Star Lord, and they were like, um, "Just, just so you know, you know, you're up against a bunch of writers." And I, I, I wrote back I'm like, "Oh, that's fine then. Don't worry." <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, they're like, "Actually, it's just, just, it's just you." <laughs> like I think, I think, I think maybe like the psychology was were, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, we want to pit them against each other," but I don't care enough to. Mm-hmm. To uh, to give a shit, and so um, so on Daredevil, I think I was the only person pitching, um, and the pitch got approved. But I had to pitch it in the room, and I think everyone in the room there's like usually like forty people in the room at these retreats. Yeah, and I realized I was pitching with like Charles there and Mark Wade and Joe Casada, like all the guys who like know and love Daredevil, mm-hmm. and uh, and I pitched it totally serious and i think it surprised everyone because they expected it to be um maybe lighter like bugs bunny tone. daredevil or something <laughs> yeah yeah exactly bugs bunny daredevil yeah i saw like i saw tom king do that batman elmer fudd thing i was right. like yeah we gotta lean into the bugs bunny of it um no no and it, it went over well i think it was the kind of pitch where in the room half the room was really on board and the other half was not uh-huh. and so uh, it's kind of like defending your thesis where you kind of have to defend your choices you dig in right away and yeah yeah but uh but yeah the the people who really liked it i'm like okay those are the people i want to have like it so mm-hmm. it worked out well do you did you i don't know how you are in general in these types of things in those retreats uh do you get nervous or did you just feel like yeah if i 
if they like it, you know, were you able to be kind of cool and collected about her? Were you? Uh, I don't know. You fucking tell me. <laughs> you, hey, those aviators, they say all that you need to. You fucking tell me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good with stuff like that. I don't get nervous uh, really ever. Um, Is that, that like that, cocaine? Not, it's just confidence. Oh, okay. But like cocaine confidence, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cocaine confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know why. Like when I was a kid, I would get really anxious and nervous about things. But as an adult, like something snapped in my head where I realized like nothing actually matters. Uh-huh. So situations like that, I don't, uh, I don't tend to freeze up. I just kind of go in and uh, just do a thing. If nobody likes it, then I'll just I'll walk out the door and I'll, I'll be perfectly happy working at the hardware store. Like, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Basically, is what I'm saying. So that's the key. Everybody out there listening, Heard don't right give here. a shit. You'll get the jobs of your dreams. So many people are constantly like, you know, how do I break into comics? How do I do it? Just don't, don't give a shit. Mostly. Not once in my drawing tips episode did I mention that you should not give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's where you failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you don't give a shit about um, people's reactions, right? Yeah, I mean, you you can't control that. Mm-hmm. Um, you give a shit about the work that you do, obviously. I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel the same way about your work. I do. Yeah? I give a shit about my work. Yes. Yeah. And it's been, as a result, it's been recognized by the Eisner Committee. (laughs) Well, that's the only way. That's the only way you know if you're doing a good job, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sales have nothing to do with it, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, yeah. Avatar is the number two movie of all time. I don't think it's that good. Uh, when I saw it, I thought it was, uh, great. Yeah? No. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do tend to think of, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm, I'm a Michael Bay. You are more of like a, uh, who, um, Lars von Trier. Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you would be surprised how often I get that. Yeah. Would you so? Uh, would you rather have a career where um, where you reach a lot of people, a lot of people enjoy your work, but uh, literally no one recognizes you for quality? Like, honestly, or, yes. yes. Or like you are extremely well regarded, but you have like a low readership. I'd like to have both, but if I if I had that's to pick, not the fucking question. Uh, I honestly. Do you really want an honest answer? Yeah, give me an honest answer. I am a, uh, I am one hundred percent a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want, uh, I just like sales. Yeah, yeah, you like that money. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there's, I still take pride in the art and everything, but as much as I can, I, I'm, a, I'm a whore. Yeah, but every line you put down, you're like, is this gonna make me money? Yeah. Well, like I don't put line. down lines unless there's money involved. I feel I'm like yeah. one dollar. Two dollars, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's why I put so many lines on my pages. Yeah, I was once uh, I was once at a um, uh, comic convention with a uh, a writer slash artist. I won't I won't name who it is, but um, Jeff they, Lemire, uh, go ahead. But they had recently <laughs> been working on a book uh-huh. that is a a licensed character um, that was doing quite well. Uh-huh. So at this convention, they were charging like something like sixty seventy bucks for like mm-hmm. a cover sketch. But it's such a simple character that I actually did the math and it was like $5 a line. (laughs) 
Like that's, well, that's, that's, that's success. We were doing those five minute sketches for a while and my wife would every once in a while break down the, the finances of that. And we were like, ah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, there's <laughs> that. Wait, what, what shirt are you wearing? Uh, Venom shirt. Unbelievable. Oh, cool. Unbelievable. Oh, I should have worn the one that you designed. Well, yeah. But you're wearing your band shirt. Uh, that was an accident, honestly. Um, yeah. I did not Laundry intentionally day? do this. I just wear it every day, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but hey, let's get into Daredevil. Let's talk yeah, about yeah. Daredevil. Whatever. <laughs> well, it's funny because fine. we talked about the how. We didn't get to the why. I think Ryan might have asked it, but I don't think Chip Somewhere had the there. decency to answer it. Is what Why I'm did saying. you accept this job when they offered it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, Spider-Man is probably my favorite character of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil is my favorite title. Okay. And and I think those things are are quite different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I didn't actually feel any pressure when I was working on the Spider-Man books at all. Um, but but on the on the Daredevil title, I'm like oh okay, like you've actually got to really um, really step it up, like past what you think you're capable of, because yeah, with it's the people it's, that have worked on it. Yeah, it's the one title where the runs are either legendary or forgettable, and you, you don't want to end up in the forgettable uh, side of things. Mm-hmm. Well, you this uh, this these first five issues were excellent, and I I oh, honestly thanks. didn't know what to expect. Uh, when, because I knew that Star Lord, you have and Spider Man, you've got like a direct line to comedy, which yeah. I think of you as like a goofball, like a joke kind yeah, of. Yeah, you think, yeah, just a joker, a little clown, <laughs> just a clown, just a fucking clown. But uh, I was super surprised at how uh, much you nailed the tone in this book. And oh, um, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all there. It's great. You know, that actually means more to me than the three Eisners I have. God damn it. Look, I really got to go. Um, it's getting late. Uh, I know we started 10 minutes ago, but. <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the tone was super important. Um, I mean, Daredevil's all tone. And uh, yeah. it's, I don't think that everybody can nail it. I, I, so, so what was your, before you did, um, started writing comic books, obviously you drew some. But I know that you also, yeah. you worked in. Newspapers. You were a newspaper yeah. man with the uh, newspaper hat. Yeah. And uh, um, what was your background with writing before you started writing comics? Uh, basically, well, I I went to school for illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I graduated, the uh, they kind of beat comics out of you in the illustration program. I don't know. Did you go to illustration no, school? Or? No, and I'm glad I didn't because I'm, I, I worry sometimes that I would have gotten it beaten out of me. Yeah, yeah, and it, it happened to most of us. Like right off the bat, once you got into the program, like the um, the submissions mm-hmm. for like the the work you could um, uh, submit mm-hmm. to get into the program, it's stated right off the bat, like no comic stuff, no fantasy stuff. That's so weird. So I'm like, mm, okay, like the only stuff that the, might pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know they've changed their tune since then because like uh-huh. myself, uh, Ramon Perez, and Jeff Lemire, Kagan McLeod, we all graduated from the same school, mm-hmm. so they want us to come back and give speeches about comics now. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I did have uh, so I, I I did have one teacher in college. Um, I had an art class, even though I wasn't in there for art. It was just like an elective, and I drew a comic book style thing, and yeah. she said, um, I remember she said. 
You know, when they, we were doing the critique, she said, you know, some people would say that comics aren't art. I'm not saying that. And she like threw her hands up and I was like, okay. So like, what, like what now? You know, and then she yeah. just like glossed over it. But then she finally brought her uh, art into the class and it was all drawings of mushrooms that looked vaguely like penises. And that was her, <laughs> mm-hmm. that was her art. So yeah. it was much higher than what I was doing at that time. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. I, no, I, I, I had a very similar teacher, but uh, w- when I when I graduated, um, I wasn't thinking of comics at all, and uh, and I got into newspapers. I did illustrations for Canadian newspapers, mm-hmm. and ended up being a um, a staff graphic artist for the National Post. Mm-hmm. And the the job was basically to do charts and graphs for them, like stock charts, maps, things like that. Um, like kind of vector-based illustration. And so that, that kind of paid my bills while I did like little comic things on the side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at one point I recognized that they needed to fill those pages every day. And if I could pitch some stuff that uh, was both writing and art, then they wouldn't have to worry about either. Because right. whenever somebody wrote a story, they're like, okay, great, now we got to send a photographer or commission an illustration or vice versa. If it's a great photo, they need to have like some text for it. Um, so I, I, I realized I had an advantage and so I started pitching them, uh, written stuff, uh, with, with illustrations combined. So I became kind of like the weird humorist over the years. Right. Like I started off kind of slow doing kind of like half information graphics, half writing, and then, uh, and, and did a lot more illustration. Then I started doing comic strips for them, then videos. Uh, like I, I jokingly ran for mayor in 2010. <laughs> like, um, like was that I, against Rob Ford? It was against Rob Ford. It really was, yeah. He got smashed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a we had a big dilemma over that because like, um, uh, we had these high level meetings with the publisher of the paper uh, to determine uh, the ethics of me running in a mayoral campaign uh, as a reporter for the newspaper. Uh, it was a, it was an interesting time, and so I kind of created my own position there. Uh-huh. Like at some point, instead of being a part time guy. Um, I said, you know, I'm either going to stay or go. Uh, I want a position where I can just do whatever I want. I kind of float through the departments and just create content. And they let me do it. So, yeah, I was able to kind of write journalism, write comedy stuff, do videos. Uh, I kind of became a bit of a mascot for the newspaper in a weird way. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, during that period, uh, all the pieces that I wrote for them, it was the best place to learn writing, especially Mm -hmm. for comic books because uh, they kept cutting my words down. Yeah. Like, that was the big takeaway. Like, I'd write these jokes, and I'd feel like they're these perfect, like, gems. And right. then the editor would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you've got 50 words here. Like, that's all you've got space for. Like, don't give me a 1,000 words. Right. Um, and so that taught me to work fast, and it taught me to uh, uh, work under pressure and, and, and um, brevity. So, so that, was, that was where I learned to write. And I would do kind of like weird jokey kind of writing on the side, just kind of amuse myself and post it online. Um, but, but really until, until Marvel came along, I didn't really have much of an outlet for it. Was, that, was Captara the first thing that you wrote uh, comics-wise? Uh, prof- I mean, in the mainstream comic book industry, not counting newspaper. Howard the Duck hit before that. It did? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Howard okay. the Duck was be- just before that. Um, you should, you know, check, do your research, and, <laughs> and you'll know that uh, Howard was the first time I wrote for another artist. 
Okay. And so Joe Canonis on that, and that was a weird experience. Like you've you've written for other artists, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, well, prefer it. I think. What was that like for you? Well, I think that uh, I like writing for other people because um, I don't know why. I, I feel like uh, if I do it, I'm going to end up paneling it to death and like yeah. overthinking it. Whereas when yeah. I don't, basically, when I'm writing for myself, I don't trust myself. Yeah. Like I, as much as I trust another, I don't know why that doesn't make any sense because I've been doing this for you know forever. But I feel like I, I look at it and I'm like, well, I, I must be doing this wrong. It seems like it's going too easy at this point or something. And then when I write for somebody else, I'm like, they can figure this part out and I, and I don't have to you know, worry about uh, them not being able to do it. So like, there's like, there was something freeing about writing for somebody else. I, don't, I think it's just self-hatred, self-loathing that comes into play or something. Yeah, like I, I recognize that I'm not a good artist. Like I'm an okay artist. You're but, the best. Oh, you know, let's discount the Eisners for a second. Okay. Just for a second, let's ignore mm-hmm. my multiple eyes. Let's pretend you're not the best artist. Go on. Let's pretend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and let me just be real for a second. I'm not very good. Like, I'm, I'm serviceable. I can service a story. I think I can tell a story well. Oh, you but, can tell? Uh, yeah, you're a great storyteller. But, um, but there are so many other artists that are much, much better than I am. So... Uh, I really enjoy the process of writing for somebody who can who can do it better than I can. It, it makes me feel bad as an artist when I get the pages back, but also I'm like, oh fuck! Like, it's it's amazing to watch somebody do something different than what you imagine because mm-hmm. I think that ends up making me a better artist because I'm I'm learning so much more directly from those artists right. than I than I would just doing it myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really like it. I feel guilty. Uh, writing for other artists like just in terms of like I agree spent. with that for sure yes that, that's a hard thing to get over like yeah. you have to kind of like really block that out like you know typing a, a sentence like two characters kiss in Grand Central Station yeah like you know it takes you three seconds and then somebody has to spend an entire day on it <laughs> it's uh yeah it's not a good feeling yeah well, you, you should you should write more like are you are you doing more writing or yes there will be more um, yeah. N- nothing for a little bit here because I am swamped with absolute carnage. But there's definitely and podcasts plans to do more podcasts. Yeah. yeah. I mean this this hour the, a week that it takes up is really killing me. Well, the research. Oh yeah. Well, I did none. Yeah. Don't. In fact, I actively me. tried to forget everything I knew about you before I came on because <laughs> I knew that I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. Fair. <clears throat> but. Uh, as for working with artists, tell me about working with Marco. Like mm. he's he's doing an amazing job on this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, he's unbelievable. Um, when, when his we we went through like maybe ten names of artists mm-hmm. that Marvel was kind of pitching at me, and um, I am a hundred percent a total asshole uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to dealing with my editors. I feel so bad for them at all at all times. Because um, I was I was rejecting a lot of artists and, and in some cases like viciously <laughs> rejecting them, right. like pointing out that oh, the editor shouldn't <laughs> even shown it to me. Yeah, um, and just could and a part of it was just kind of figuring out the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I got sent a lot of like very straight superhero uh, artists, um, a lot with kind of like manga influence, and I'm just like, ah, this has to be as as real as we can push it, just based right. on the story. Um, and uh, you know Marco's stuff on Old Man Hawkeye is 
unbelievable. He's really, really solid. Yeah, he's and, great. And on this, like, he's he's stepped up so much so. Like, yeah, I, 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 think, I think working um, with stronger kind of black spotting in his mm-hmm. work, especially, like, has, has helped a ton. Um, yeah, he's he's fast and he's great. The only downside is he cannot draw anyone not being beautiful, right? <laughs> like every time I describe Matt Murdock, you know, you know he's been beaten so bad he looks like a bunch of like mashed potatoes. It's still like this like this hunky guy with like kind of a, a cut lip, right? And yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to get him past that. Like he only knows how to draw people in their most beautiful. I know that he, Jen. He sometimes works a lot with uh, washes. Is he doing washes on this? Yeah, yeah, he is. yeah. There's, okay. there's a lot of great grace tone in it, and also um, he will um, he'll color things like uh, the radar sense. He'll color things like fire. Any kind of explosion will be mm-hmm. oh, already okay. rendered by him. Um, he's al- he's also taken to making sure he colors Matt Murdock's eyes. Oh really? Which is such a strange thing. Like you get this page that's black and white with gray and like a little, maybe a little like a candle flame or something in color, and then like Matt's eyes and it's like blue, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fascinating the amount of work he puts into those pages. Yeah. Plus, you got the, in my opinion, the best uh, cover artist in the game right now. Oh yeah, no, he's. I think he's these, these are, covers are like I want these. I want to buy prints of all of these and have them on my walls. He he is. Yeah incredible and when you whenever i've talked to him on uh twitter or anything he acts like i don't even know what i'm i don't know what i'm doing you know i'm just flying by, and i'm like but you're like a master you yeah know? yeah <laughs> it's crazy T- tedesco totino tedesco friend yeah. we didn't mention his name but yeah he's incredible. he's uh he's the best and yeah he, that was another case where i, I was showing a lot of cover artists i'm like uh no like it's a, it's again it's about tone but with him I recognize that he can do concept. Exactly. I was really going to say, well. you, have to have, you have to have a figure artist that can also handle concept. Yeah. Sometimes that's a, that's the fight that I, I end up having with the covers is um, the default is usually um, they want a character in action. They want a character fighting. You know, they want to see a lot of the character. And I always have to push back on it and be like, no, like that's, it's going to look like everything else on the stand. Like, you know, you, I want something conceptual, something that's going to stand out. Well, that's that. So that that's the thing that he does that's amazing, though, is that there still is a beautiful, awesome, amazing figure that makes you want to look at it. But then yeah. there's also so like I, I default, I've tr- I've done plenty of conceptual stuff, and every time I do it, I feel like people are just like, yeah, what a cool concept, good job. But then <laughs> if I do something like of two guys punching each other, everybody's like, I fucking love this cover. This is the best cover I've ever seen. Again, you want to please all the people. You exactly. Want, yeah, you want yeah. that reaction. Right. So yeah. I, Whereas that, I, that's my do dopamine. Not. Yeah, like the I do the covers for the Spider-Man series, the life yeah. story. Uh-huh. And those are just, those are like my illustration background. It's just like they have to be pure concept in right. order to work. Um but you yeah. never did you ever do a were you ever a graphic designer at the newspaper yeah okay like like part of the part of the job of the newspaper was a lot of it was replicating various types of design because mm-hmm. um, they usually give me like a full page to play with so I'd, I'd have to kind of figure that out I only had like one design class when I was in illustration school mm-hmm. but uh, but I study it all the time like I've got books on cover design uh, always open trying to figure out different ways to do things. 
Um, cuz that's Wait, the thing are, like with, with comics. Tell me about these books. Oh books. god. You know I love books. You're not going to you're not going to suck me into that. Um, <laughs> I really do want you to tell me but you can tell me off the off the show. Yeah. Here. I, I I do things like I I take a lot of photos when I'm in bookstores uh-huh. of of book covers and um, look at blogs a lot that's of extremely uh, the best nerdy book cover. on, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it you know pays off. Yeah, according to the the, the spinning globes um, that adorn my office <laughs> with the word Eisner on them. I don't know. Jesus I don't Christ. know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Right, so maybe look. it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I need to do it. Maybe I don't. <laughs> no, I do think that your covers are are really fantastic. I, I'm always impressed okay. because you you seem to come up with uh, conceptual and designy stuff that I haven't seen in comics, but. I feel like I've seen everything, so I'm, it's always amazing to me when I see something that I haven't seen before. Well, comics doesn't tend to reach outside of comics too often. Yeah. You know? Like, when it does, like, uh, I remember when, um, when Fraction took over Iron Man, and he got mm-hmm. Ryan Hughes to redesign, like, the, uh, the, the, the covers, like, mm-hmm. the, the, the fonts. Um, and it felt like kind of a cool movie poster or, right. uh, or a, a proper, like, a book design. And, and it you know stood out on the shelf like that's the big thing is just getting a book to stand out on the shelf and it's really hard when all the comics are very very similar like kind of super busy logos super mm-hmm. busy uh covers um so the life story ones like i wanted to make sure that they all had like a, a block of color mm-hmm. so um so they would stand out but even the font on the life story covers is like very it it tells somehow the font is also telling me what the book is going to be like which is crazy because it's just a font you know like you yeah it's that's a weird one because i think i fucked that up a little bit because i designed the first one first mm-hmm. obviously and because it took place in the 60s like that font kind of lends itself to kind of a classic novel from like the 60s but i end up using that font all the way through to the present day right. so i'm i i kind of i kind of screwed up uh, on yeah that you one. did I, I didn't want to say it but i thought the yeah. exact same thing yeah, i mean yeah by now you should be using what like a neon sign uh, font yeah. or something mm-hmm. yeah well the, the best part is the variants they've been doing for the series um are, are era specific okay like i don't know if you saw like michael cho's 70s one i think i did yeah you would know it it's like uh it's like bob peak illustration okay. style it's so gorgeous and uh-huh. uh i think uh, Kara andrews did like a 1980s which was like lamborghini and like neon um so that takes a lot of the pressure off the 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 main cover like I don't have to quite, you know, get across the the feeling of the, the the decade. Well, what you could do for the '90s one is just take life story and then bevel and emboss it, right? <laughs> Add a bevel and an emboss and then some airbrush to it. Uh, I, I think I think oh sorry, Carrie Andrews did uh, that one. He did the '90s one. It was uh, uh-huh. AO that did the '80s, and and right. Care did like very much a replica of that, and it's gorgeous. This is this is nice. Like I, I expected to just be angry the whole time, but like, um, this you thought nice. if we did that for an hour of us just <laughs> fighting yeah, with feels, each other, this feels nice. I'm oh. just saying, this feels nice. All right, good. Like I like you and I respect you. Oh. I want you to know that. Oh, ditto. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, you don't care about awards. Like that's. I think that's great. If I got an award, uh, I would be oh. screaming it from. The hill, the mountaintops, yeah. though you know. I'd be acting like all of a sudden I'd be like, "Oh no, I love awards. This is what I've always wanted." <laughs> <laughs> but you know, nobody gives me any, so 
I mean, the, the, the reward is the reward is the work itself. Sure. I think it's yeah. the money, but <laughs> yeah, and the money and all that money. <laughs> right. Okay, let's talk about Daredevil. What was, what was your take on Pan Venom One when <laughs> when all the uh, when all the incentive checks came in? You know, I, how'd you do? I don't, I don't know if I've gotten all of them yet. Well, I mean, I they'll I'm, always be coming in, obviously, the same I, way. Well, it no, does I don't for, think for I don't think I've gotten any of the big ones, but I can't. I don't know. Look, for issue one, two shop, two shop talky, but I may have gotten an advance on on royalties in my last contract. So okay. I might just be getting debited at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to earn it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Should I just tell everybody what, all the details of my contract right now? I, I think it, it's fascinating. It was nice. It was it was a nice contract. Yeah. When did you re up? Uh, six months ago or so. So after Venom came out, okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good bargaining position. That's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. 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 My contract's up in February. Mm-hmm. Mm, what you, you got plans for how you're gonna go about this? I'm gonna go in hard. Yeah, I'm gonna go in really hard. I'm gonna be like, I want all the big books. Yeah, I want you want? All. Yeah, you want to write twelve books a month? Yeah, yeah, I want Venom. Okay. I want, um, I want Carnage. If that's gonna be a book, I don't know. I don't know what your plans are, but I want it. Uh, what I'm gonna do is not tell you what I'm planning on working on, so that that's not the one you ask for. Ethan, when are when do our contracts start? Do you know? <laughs> They've made okay. zero dollars off this so far. I think maybe I paid you too much to buy a comic book once, so maybe you've made like five bucks so far. Cha-ching, baby. <laughs> that's that's the name of the game, fooling Ryan Stegman into giving me money. <laughs> <laughs> well But yeah, Daredevil. Um, yeah, let's talk Daredevil. For sure. We don't have to. <laughs> well, we brought up Marco's pencils. And yeah. I, I mean, I might be showing my age a little bit here. The first time I really remember seeing Marco's stuff was in Superior Spider-Man Team Up. Um, and I just remember kind of being like in awe at it. I don't remember who was on colors. I don't think it was someone that was paired with them as well as Sonny is on this book. Yeah, because I think the everything about the art is lending itself, uh, and and with your uh, your script is is coming full form to kind of tell this like really really beautiful um, story, right? And uh, I think the best thing about uh, I think any good comic, right, is that you can sort of visualize it because comics are caught in this weird in between of film and uh, or or visual mediums and books, right? They're kind of stuck in the middle, and so I think the the telltale sign of a great comic is how easily I can kind of sit here and picture it as a film. And the, the sort of quality that this, uh, especially like issue one opening up with this scene in the bar and everything, um, it's just the storytelling is at, I don't know, such a level that I could not tear myself away from these issues. Um, oh, cool. And so I guess my question is, when is it going to get bad? Um, because it's just been too good for too long. When, when are you going to just throw in the towel on it, Chip? <laughs> These are the kind of hard-hitting questions I like. <laughs> yeah, when do you plan on phoning it in? Yeah. <laughs> when they triple ship. Yeah. <laughs> is it double shipping? Uh, it's, um, I think it's on like an 18-issue-a-year cycle. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the issues come fast and furious. Like right now, uh, I sent in the script to issue 16 last week. And I'm working on the script for issue 13 this week. 
um, because uh, Jorge uh, Fornes is uh, drawing issues, and he's amazing. He is amazing, but, yeah. But we have to give him some lead time, and I've got to get Marco a new script, so everything's kind of out of order as a result. So, I mean, it's probably going to get bad when I get so out of order that things stop making sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I forget the characters have died. Right. Which I've, I've done That's already. That's the editor's jobs, the book. right? Yeah, but you can't trust the editors. That's true. You know, we got the same editors. I know that. Yeah, I see. They're uh, throughout this book. I was noticing uh, the the little nods to them in the background. Yeah, Danny and yeah. Devin. Yeah, that that wasn't my call. Marco did that. Yeah, you wouldn't allow that. Uh, editors should um, be neither seen nor heard. Yeah, nor do anything. Nor do anything opinion. really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean they should be there to um, to send the statement into accounting to pay us. I think that's super important. I think that's like an editor's number one job. Yeah, when they yeah. when they don't do that, whew, you should oh. see the hellfire I rain down on them. <laughs> um, let me ask you something. Mm. Who, which, what's your favorite Daredevil version of Daredevil? Who who wrote your your favorite Daredevil? Um, Anne Nascenti. Really? The yeah, uh, Ramita Junior. Ramita, yeah, with Al Williamson inks. That's the best. That's my favorite Ramita art ever. Same here. Same yeah. here. Like I, you know. Uh, people will say like uh, "Man Without Fear" mm-hmm. um, with with uh, uh, with Miller afterwards is the best, but mm-hmm. I I I don't think that's the case. I think there's there's a there's more elegance to the uh, to the stuff he did with uh, Williamson. And I think that the Williamson factor might be the thing because he's yeah. he's a guy that is so hard to ink. He's got I mean I I haven't inked him so I don't know, yeah. but it looks I mean it's got to be the right inker, and Williamson yeah. was. Superb! It was unreal. Yeah, the, some of the most solid figures I've ever seen in a comic. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, and the um, uh, the brushwork on the suit, like spotting the blacks on the suit, mm-hmm. like just so elegant. It's just really, right. really, really lovely. And so, and and Ascenti, like, um, the stuff she did in her run was just so all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yet all yet all worked thematically. Mm-hmm. Like she tackled stuff about like religion, about guilt, about like fragile male ego, um, uh, feminism. Like, like there were, there so many great themes through that run, and she still had to tie in to like so many other books. Right. Like there was like an Act of Vengeance crossover mm-hmm. where he fought Ultron, like Daredevil <laughs> versus Ultron. That was insane. It was so well done. Or like Inferno. Like mm-hmm. she had to tie into Inferno, like. Yeah, yeah, she managed to roll with all those punches and still produce like probably the most entertaining comic I've ever read. That's interesting. I I I would have assumed you would have said Frank Miller, but I guess I can see that now. Like how how closely have you followed Daredevil over the years? Were you, did you dip in and out according to who the creative team that was on it or like have you read yeah. all you've read all the Frank Miller stuff you've read yeah. a lot of the Bendis and Brubaker? And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hundred percent. And Charles, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I mean, I dipped out during college. That was kind of yeah. when I dropped out of comics altogether because I couldn't afford to yeah. collect at all. Um, I, I will say, you know, Nocenti is probably my favorite writer, and that was my favorite run. But my favorite story is Born Again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like Born beginning Again to end. Like that's that's. Do you have the artist edition? Yes, I do. I I have it on my coffee table upstairs. Yeah, it's the best. It's yeah. so it's so good. Um, 
I, I, I look at that and I think about that. Uh, well, that's that's that why I'm series. so excited for Fornes is clearly he was yeah. so heavily influenced by Batman Year One. Yeah. So like a later era of Mazzucchelli, but um, yeah, that is going to fit so well, I think. Well, that's funny because like um, there were some panels because he just finished issue ten. Uh, we mm-hmm. just sent it to the printer, and there were some panels where he kind of consciously or unconsciously apes uh, Mazzucchelli's like um, uh, brushwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of more during like the kind of the intense uh, Fisk scenes or Uric, mm-hmm. like where it's a lot like kind of looser and drier brush. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 hits that and he does the hand lettering too, and uh, he's yeah definitely hearkening back to that era. It's it's gorgeous. That's one of the cra- th- This is kind of off topic, but that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a comic is the way that <laughs> Mazzucchelli, the way that he starts devolving Ben yeah. Uric in oh. Born Again, where by the end he's like this... It's like he's a creature from a different planet all of a sudden in the book with those angles and those weird yep. <laughs> sort of Mark Hempel-looking lines that just come out yeah. of nowhere. This is this is my lock screen. Oh, that's so <laughs> awesome. And, and I love it just because like the lines on the face and the, the, the beads of sweat, like, they're yep. so good. And like the eye, like the fact that there are like spirals in there... Yeah, look at look at the broken line work just around the eye and in the uh, in the eyeglass frame. That's something that I've been obsessed so with lately, and I don't know so how good. to do it. Where he's so loose, but I don't notice it while I'm reading it. I kind of noticed that with Marco too, because I re- this time I was reading through it digitally, and so I was like zooming in on some of it, and it doesn't look that loose to me. It looks pretty tight, honestly. And yeah. then you zoom in, and you're like, this guy, he's just like he's just slinging lines like crazy. Yeah, you have to have confidence in the structure underneath the drawing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I can I can only pull that off if I've drawn it before. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have to draw the image fully before, and then like lightbox it or whatever to get the the, the quick line. It's still right. like it's the confidence of it and the fact that it's exact when it hits the page. It's so hard to do. I think Mazzucchelli is like one of the only artists that can actually do that. Like, oh, he. I mean, Batman Year One. Oh. That might be my favorite comic of all time. And when I go through it, I'm just like, I I can't figure it out. I don't, I feel like, I wish it, I would have started looking at that when I was 15. Like I started yeah. looking at, uh, you know, McFarlane and all these guys. Yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. I wish that, that that sort of confidence of inking would have rubbed off on me early because I cannot figure out how to do it now. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm still holding out. It's like my white whale someday. Someday I'll get it, and I'll be like 60 years old, and then my eyesight will go, and I'll retire. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's stripping it all away, mm-hmm. and like, like solving the composition with just shapes. Right. Um, I I just I was on a holiday on the weekend on the East Coast, and I was at like a antique curio show, and I was going through with my wife, and there was like a little comic set up, and they had like they had the four issues individual issues side by side of Batman year one mm-hmm. and it was like 15 bucks for the first one 10 bucks for the other three I'm like fuck like alright I never buy single issues right. like I don't have any and I, I had to have them just to see them on the newsprint and um, see the title pages and stuff it's it's so gorgeous that is yeah that would be amazing I've never I, I've seen it only in, in trade print on the, the glossy paper it's it's really wild on the newsprint just because of the uh, like the the way the 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 black plate works with the uh, the mm-hmm. color plates, like Richmond Lewis's colors. Like it takes those on a are the, whole some of the best quality. colors of all time. 
Yeah, they're so great. Yeah. They're so great. Yeah, oh, I love it. I, I always think about reaching out to him. About Mazzucchelli? Yeah, yeah, because uh, through various means, I end up with his email address, and I'm just like... Like I don't know. I don't do. Am I the guy who's like, oh, I'm writing Daredevil now, and I just wanted to tell you how great you are. And, uh, and he's you. like, uh, yeah, I know. See a kid. Yeah, he's like, fuck off, kid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm assuming no, that's a, how he talks. He's a teacher now, right? He, yeah, he, yeah. So he's yeah. probably he's probably a cool guy. Do it. Mention me. Mention me in the email. <laughs> I'm sure he's a cool guy, but like, what a fucking, what a baller move to do, like. Come onto the scene. He did a few Daredevil comics and did like the perfect Daredevil story, mm-hmm. and then went over to DC and did the perfect Batman story, and then just fucked off from those companies. <laughs> right, it's unbelievable. With an issue it's... of X Factor in there, and then uh, went and did his own thing, and it was gorgeous. And mm-hmm. then he was like, "Yeah, all right, I'm just gonna teach. Mm-hmm. I'll do New Yorker illustrations." I'll bet he's like, he's like super chill. He's probably like a Zen master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would make sense. He also he owns all that original work. He, the you mean the the original pages are oh they, he didn't sell any of them. I don't think so. Like I think the Daredevil um, artist edition was straight from his files, uh, which that means art, he's sitting on like fucking a million dollars worth of artwork between right. that and the Batman Year One. That artist edition is the best one by far. Yeah, with yeah. all the the layovers and the, the Letra set. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, need a I think. I think yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they do DC ones. Like they've mm-hmm. done Kirby, like New Gods and stuff. And but yeah, they haven't done that yet. I don't know why. They haven't done an absolute carnage one yet. I'm not sure why. That's very, very weird. Maybe very I should weird. finish it first. Eh. Maybe they'll do it when I finish it. Eh. Well, you don't think so? Just I mean, layouts. Maybe we'll win some awards. <laughs> Oh, no, you definitely won't. Um, <laughs> I can tell you for sure this one is not going to be winning awards. <laughs> uh, this is how, how be winning how, fan favorite awards. How far in on Absolute Carnage are you? Like issue, they've extended it, right? Like it's become a bigger thing than... So the first issue is 60 pages, plus I did the 10-page uh, free comic book day. So I'm yeah. now 70, 90... I'm 100 pages in. Okay. Past 100 pages. Yeah, yeah. And nobody's seen... A goddamn thing. <laughs> I've seen it. Did you? You yeah, got the yeah. PDF? I got the PDF of issue one. It's gorgeous. I won't, e- I won't even let Griffin see it. Nope. No. No. Because, you know, you don't know what these kids these days. No, you don't know what these kids these days. They don't have a He's going to print it out and take it to the store and show all yeah. his buddies. Yeah. Gonna We're going to lose at least four sales. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to Snapchat it to some, some oh, girl. Yeah. With his yeah. shirt off? Ugh. Yeah. Griffin, Ugh. keep your shirt on. What's up, babe? I got Absolute Carnage. That's my Tinder profile now is, hey, I got Absolute Carnage number one PDF if you want to read that. And they all write back, Shit. what the one fuck of these is fucking- Absolute Carnage? <laughs> <laughs> one of these fucking millennial jokers here on this podcast are just going to get like the first 12 pages fully tattooed on their body because that's what they do. They love tattoos. <laughs> all right, Hell yeah. First. I think we should do... Twitter questions, even though we didn't go that far in depth on Daredevil. Let me, all right, let me say one more thing about Daredevil. Say one more thing about Daredevil. It's really fantastic. You're doing a great mm-hmm, job. Thank you. I'm really Thanks, impressed. Uh, maybe we'll work together someday if you're lucky. All right, go ahead, Griffin. <laughs> Let's roll. Yeah. All right, Twitter, you had some questions for uh, for Ryan and Mr. Zadarsky here, so let's take a look at, uh, at what you got for us. 
Matt McKnight asks, uh, what is Matt Murdock's go-to pickup line, or is he the unassuming tortured soul that steals your heart? Jesus Christ. That's his pickup line. <laughs> he, just, he just rubs his face and goes, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's sort of like and a then, nag. Yeah. yeah, and the ladies come up like, are you okay? Yeah. Be like, I it's like, no, now. I'm fucking blind. <laughs> <laughs> now um, sleep with me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now sleep with me. <laughs> That's his, his J. Jonah Jameson, get me pictures of Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> now sleep with me. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't adapt that into the Netflix series. That would have been, I, I feel like people would have really related to it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. tweeted the Netflix series uh, on Twitter uh, to bring it back and have Chip involved. That's one thing we've been doing on the show, Chip, is we're trying to get everybody oh. to tweet at people and get us involved. Donnie and I want to be involved in Venom too, um, so we can get you involved in this in the in the revival of the Netflix series. It's no problem. We can do it for you. I don't want. We're to. on it. I don't want. Okay, well, I don't we'll, want we'll that. go. Everybody tweet at them that we'll Chip's desperate to Chip work Sidarsky, on the show. Daredevil season four. I, yep. I don't actually. I don't actually want that. He's desperate. Um, he he he's crashing and burning and he needs the the work. So go ahead no, and tweet really, that at Netflix. No, it's, a, it's like the last thing I want. I don't want that. Please don't mm-hmm. do that. Well, I I personally know Ted from Netflix. I think that's that guy's name. Um, Life stories end in next I'll, month, I'll folks. Chip's gonna need yeah. something to do. That's true. Yeah. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you're gonna do it. So go ahead. Go ahead. Griffin. Everyone in comics sure. wants to write a fucking movie or a TV show. <laughs> nah, not this but, guy. Yeah, I don't he, want to write He doesn't anything. give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Mitch Gosser asks, how will Daredevil tie into absolute carnage? Um, he won't. He as won't. far as I know. Did he, he's never had the symbiote, right? Uh, not that I'm aware yeah, of. Yeah, that would be pretty weird. Uh, uh, he, he's probably not going to be in the book, I'll be honest. But you never know. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I won't let him. Yeah. Or if he is, I will not acknowledge it. Uh, yeah, or we'll have him in and Chip just won't even know and then he'll find out when it's published and then he'll call and yell at the editors. Yeah, <laughs> which, are, which are the same editors. Yeah. Um, well, I had the thing with Daredevil, like after I pitched it in the room, Jason Aaron was like, hey, just so you know, I kind of want to put Daredevil in like War of the Realms as like the god without fear. I'm like, oh, that's such a cool idea. He's like, how, how does that work with your timeline? Well, it absolutely doesn't, <laughs> but who cares? Right. And like people will write me like, "Hey, where does that fall in your run?" I'm like, "You're a better person than I am for figuring it out." <laughs> I want to say that it. all the time on Twitter. People will tag me in questions for Donnie that are about continuity, and I want to be like, "Look, untag me from this immediately. I don't know. I don't understand how any of this works." And also, maybe even untag Donnie and tag editorial. I, just to ask Tom Brevoort. <laughs> that, that, that's actually the best answer. Yeah. <laughs> just ask Tom Brevoort. He's he's my editor on Invaders and Life Story, and he just knows everything about all that stuff. Oh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic editor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the, he's the best. Yeah, it's cool. We saw that now. We had a couple of people asking about War of the Realms. Um, okay. Hey, oh, Sean Kelly McKeever asks, why did you agree to do this interview? Um, all right, Sean. All right, Sean. Look, look I you know I give uh, Ryan shit online mm-hmm. um, and I also give him shit in person well, some would say relentlessly I relent a fair amount 
frankly. Yeah, well. um, like if I, if I'm being honest, like I could give you a lot more shit, but <laughs> I'm insanely busy. Right. Um, and yeah, I've noticed that like he's had Donnie on a bunch and he's talked about books a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that the podcast isn't doing well. Like you told me before we started that it's, 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 uh, it's charting really low and people aren't listening or they're, they're dropping off as soon as they hear Ryan's voice, which is a weird right. thing. Like, cause they know going in, he's going to be a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. so I just want to help because I think the comics community should always come together to help raise the community, no matter, um, what our personal feelings are about the people involved. Right. And I mean, this is like me helping you get on to work on the Netflix Daredevil show. So mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly, yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. Which we've decided is Chip's definitive, it's his dream job. That's all he it's wants is to write Daredevil yeah. season four. So yeah. makes yeah. sense. I'm, I'm really happy we're helping him out, Ryan. Yeah, me too. Cool. So do you actually want to work on Venom 2? Uh... Depends on the money involved, but yeah, wow. yeah, I would do it. Wow. I would, I would want to because I would want to make a better movie than Venom One. I don't know if we want to get into how I didn't like that movie because some people actually liked it, and I can't. How, well, I can't how much them. did you not like it? I thought it was bad. Oh, interesting. I thought it was a, a minus, a wow. hard minus. Uh, I was actually surprised. So I went and saw it opening night, and I left the theater depressed, thinking, "Oh, this is gonna bomb, and that's the end of the Venom stuff." And then it was a massive hit. And I was like, yeah. did they see the same thing? I already made disparaging comments about Michelle Williams' skin on this podcast. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's, I can... It's, it's crazy to me that like so many people paid to see and love Venom the movie. And so many people paid and say they love Venom the comic. Like, Do you see anything there? I don't get... No. There's no, there's no crossover. No. Well, we created Venom. Mm-hmm. All right. So All I right. think that that might have something to do. with I'm just it. wondering if that causes you any pause as to what the quality of the book you work on. Uh, I get what you're saying now. It took me a second, um, <laughs> and I'm offended. Next question. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Venom the movie. Like I, um, I have a rule where I do not. Um, Besides jokingly amongst friends who know I love them and I love their work, um, I never um, put down any uh, movies, TV shows, comics. Like, I just can't do it uh, since I started making them. Really? Yeah. Mm, because I, I, I you, realize, you realize how much is out of your control. Um, well, especially in a movie situation where there's all kinds of people involved. Yeah, and, and making shit is hard. It's really right. hard. And I and I had a I had an issue uh, years ago where I um, I trash talked a movie in the newspaper, mm-hmm. and then found out a friend was working with the guy who wrote that movie. Oh, like like within a week, like that happened. I, I like, guess yeah. There probably man. is more crossover than I would I would think. Like of you know. Somebody could hear that and get offended. I, I I suppose you're right, but I don't. When I'm when I'm trashing Venom, I'm not saying anybody, any individual, did a bad job. I actually think that the problem was that you think a lot the, of individuals did a bad job. I, I'm fully no, I'm fully willing to. I I'm laying the blame at the feet of the higher ups, who okay. seem to think. I think that at one point they thought they were making Deadpool, and mm-hmm. because Deadpool was such a massive hit, 
And then I think an editor saved it. So kudos to that editor who came in and was like, no, this tonally needs to be like this. And then, so I felt like by the end, maybe they had the tone. And so I'm hoping I have higher hopes for the second one. Especially if they hire you. If they hire me, they, they, yeah. I mean, they should hire me to direct it, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. And I want like a really great, like super good contract and um, final cut and all that. But, you know, barring them not giving me that stuff, I'll say yes. See, this is the thing. Yeah. So I've had I've had the opportunity in the past to work on, um, or potentially work on stuff in like film, TV side of things, mm-hmm. and uh, I I always say no because uh, on, in comics you have so much control over the final product, yeah. and with movies or TV shows, like the idea of like a movie coming out that's like not funny, not interesting, and my name right. is like right on it, like that just uh, it's like a nightmare. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Like, I, I think that I'd probably get in there and realize, oh, this isn't the same thing. But, yeah, you know, at least it's like the thing where I, I where if I do, I could do the highest selling comic. Like, you know, when we did Superior Spider-Man, it like blew the doors off. It was this crazy seller. But yeah. n- none of that mattered until I was on the local news. And then my family was like, so this is really working out for you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been telling you, you know, like I'm doing Spider-Man, but that didn't matter. It was it was the yeah. local news that eight people watched that that drove it home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I feel like I and you know I'm still undoubtedly an amateur at all this stuff, but I've been studying. Yeah. Film. Thanks, Chip, uh, <laughs> for the encouragement. Um, I've been studying film for a few years now, and um, having recently jumped into. Uh, creatively like trying to make comics instead of just reading them and it's weird because you when you're talking about film you're talking about working with just so many people just teams and teams of people and the you know whole business. I think yeah it's a, it's a whole yeah thing. it's it's crazy the, the producers the editors the production designers um the actors just like there's so much at play there and comics of course like you're saying it, it just feels it feels a lot smaller, at least. Um, yeah. You're working with an it intimate is. team, um, and I don't know. It's 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 scary, and also really um, really awesome to feel like you have so much more control, right? Um, because you know, part of you, at least me being a novice, um, is like, okay, well, I could really fuck this up because nobody's backing me up on this, or it's this is awesome because I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Ryan, I really hope you can direct Venom too. And I really hope we can get Chip to write and produce all of Daredevil season four. I mean, I think that when you get into even creator own comic books, then it's, cr- it's like the fact that one person can make whatever they want is mm-hmm. totally insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more pressure there. And um, the, and, the big difference between working on like Marvel books or doing creator owned is um, if I hit Aunt May with a bus, which I will, mm-hmm. um, you create an emotional uh, reaction from the reader mm-hmm. like immediately because you're mm-hmm. building upon um, a history of writers building up that character. Right. Uh, whereas in your creator owned book, if you just hit an old lady with a bus, it doesn't mean anything. Like you, you have to do all the legwork to kind of build up those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a little freaky. And it's interesting, especially, I think, with comics and film, where, you know, obviously the MCU's only been going for, for 10 years, right? And yet, people still bring over that ownership of the character, right? Um, there's so many people that are very vocal <laughs> about how they feel, you know, certain characters are in the MCU, Spider-Man uh, in particular, I feel like, and, and yet, it's, you know, these movies are trying to do their own thing, right, with these characters, and yet there's so many people that have a history with them brought over from yeah. an, a different medium. Um, it's yeah, kind of I, hard, I would feel like, from a creative standpoint, right? These people are making these movies trying to, mm -hmm. uh, in their head, just make a great Spider-Man movie, right? And yet there's so much there that they didn't even touch. The, uh, the one thing I realized when I started writing Spider-Man, when mm -hmm. I got the gig for Spectacular, like the first day that it was announced, I got like dozens of anonymous messages from people um, telling me how to write Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Really? Like telling me, like, they all, almost all would start the same way, which would be like, mm, I think you'll agree with me that the last <laughs> X number of years of Spider-Man have been terrible, and the way to return the character to their roots is to do this, this, and this. Um, I realized really quickly that everyone has their version of the character in their head, and a lot of times it's locked in from when they started reading it as a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether or not you like single Peter Parker, married Peter Parker, hard luck, you know, top of the world, um, serious versus jokey. Um, a lot of it really depends on when you start reading that character. And mm -hmm. People just lock into it and there's not a lot you can do about it. Like, you know, no matter what you, you do on Absolute Carnage, like there's going to be Carnage fans who have a very specific idea of that character based on when they started reading it and locked in emotionally mm -hmm. to it. And um, and yeah, and they're gonna hate you. They're gonna hate you and your work. Well, if they don't like the, this, though, I just feel like I know this one. If you don't like it, you're wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> where I'm at with it right now. <laughs> That's all there is to it. And also, if they don't like it, I don't know. Hand it off to Donnie. Just yeah. Listen. I mean, if you don't like it. Message Griffin on Twitter and tell him, and he'll. And I'll defend delete, Ryan. <laughs> he'll print the tweet out and delete and set it on fire and. That, that'll yeah. be the end of it. I mean, art is subjective, except for Absolute Carnage, which is objective. Yeah, it's objectively the greatest comic book yeah. ever made. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. will win, I don't know, all the Eisners next year. Wow. Every single one. Wow. Best one shot, Absolute Carnage number five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Burial has a couple of questions for you, Chip. First, how do you approach... One question. Just one question. Just the one? Yeah. All right, one, two, or three. Pick one. Three. Could you please tell my friend Cam to eat shit? Eat shit, Cam. <laughs> Fucking Cam. <laughs> eat that all right, all right, dirty, you know what? dirty that shit. A, that was a bad question. Give me question one. How do you approach drawing comics? Eat shit, Cam. Give me question two. Uh, do you enjoy drawing comics more than writing them? Cam, <laughs> eat a fucking big bag of shit. Frankly, yeah, you know what you did, Cam. You know what you did, Cam. You didn't eat shit, and mm -hmm. now you gotta eat shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got a mouth free of shit, a hundred percent shit-free mouth. Get some shit in there. Chew it down. Frankly, Cam, we're all sick of your shit. So if you could just shut up and eat it, that'd be great. Um, yes, yeah. thank you. Well said. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Brandon Johnson is asking if either you guys are gonna come to New York Comic Con this year. Ryan? 
Outside chance. I don't. Oh no, definitely not. My my buddy's getting married that exact uh, weekend. I'm gonna be out in L.A. rubbing shoulders with uh, the big wigs. <laughs> the you Venom Two producers. The big wigs like Jerry Duggan. Hmm. You've only got one friend, so I'm assuming this is Donnie. He's not in L.A. anymore. No? He's in Austin. All right. I'll be talking to Jerry Duggan. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, yeah. Rick Remender. Oof. Uh, Clooney. He's, he's also there. <laughs> Um, I, uh, as of now, I don't have any plans to go to New York Comic Con. Meaning, they haven't told me they would pay for him, and if they do, he will go. Yeah, well, the, the, it's, the debate is the business class flight. Mm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you're, yeah. at that, you're at that stage of your career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing a lot of shows uh, in the States these days, because I'm finding it tricky to get into the States these days. So... I, I, I pick and choose the the cons very carefully. If they're going to give me an Eisner Award, I'll go. Brandon Hyde, what challenges come with writing a character like Daredevil? And the inverse, what advantages? Uh, allow me to take that. Yeah, yeah, please do. <laughs> no, go. Go, smart guy. Uh, what well, are the Daredevil's, challenges? Um, really hard to write when you're a shithead, um, which, you know, uh, Chip is. So... Mm. You know, that's why it comes out the way it does. Is that good? Did I get you? Well, there's a two-part You feeling question. the burn? It's a two-part question, so... Oh, I, I didn't get the part. second part. Yeah, because yeah, you're a shithead because you got shit in your ears and can't hear questions Yeah. properly in order to shit form like answers. Cam in his mouth. Well, sorry, can you tell me... Uh, what's the question again? Yeah. Um, what challenges come with writing a character like Daredevil? Challenges and advantages to writing a character like Daredevil. Well, first, fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> Disrespectful. I'm your goddamn guest on this podcast. So the advantages of writing Daredevil uh, is that um, he doesn't touch too much within Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can you can kind of have carte blanche with him like he's not an x-men he's not really an avenger um you know he's a street level hero so you know there's there's bound to be you know the potential for a crossover there but you can kind of you can tell your own story and not worry too much about tie-ins and things like that Mm -hmm. which is uh super refreshing um the challenges are it's the kind of character that uh, previous writers have pushed him to the limits in so many ways and uh, so many great situations that finding a new way into it can be tricky. Um, uh, yeah, and also uh, Ryan's a shithead. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. Yeah. Zach Parkerson, what is it like for Chip to so constantly pale in comparison to the Venom Boys you got a fan, Ryan? Oh, this is a great question. What do you got, Big Shot? I've got two, three Eisners. <laughs> Sorry, let me just recount oh them. Oh my just god, I need some yeah, Eisners. no, three of them, three of them. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy for uh, Donnie and Ryan, mm-hmm. um, for their uh, their time in the sun. Uh, 
their their wings will get burned and they will crash mm-hmm. to earth. I think we all see it coming. Wax wings, um, baby. Yeah, the uh, the egos are wildly out of control. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've already seen bits of fandom turning on them, especially over the the is Carnage Cletus question that keeps coming up and they keep avoiding. Why are they avoiding it? Because they know. They fucked up. They done fucked up. And I think when Absolute Carnage comes out and people realize the house of cards that they've built, Uh how in over their heads they've gotten with this whole Venom nonsense, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. uh, We'll see how they're doing next year on uh, on uh, the relaunch of Night Thrasher. Let me tell you something. Everybody out there, the truth is, Cletus is not in the book. Mm. Neither is Eddie. We don't have a single Marvel hero in it. It's trash. Read Daredevil instead. Is that what you wanted to hear? Look, I don't I don't take any joy in your downfall because I don't really think about you at all normally. So it doesn't actually affect me. Your constant uh, texts and uh, pics that you send me say otherwise all right let me just read some of the texts you've sent me today okay. since i gave you my number like a like a fool mm-hmm. hey chip just eating some chili right now <laughs> that's a real text that was his absolute that was his first text to me uh-huh. <laughs> well i mean Yeah, I don't know why Griffin makes us use this audio program. I'll talk to his tight young butt about it. What does that even mean? What does that even fucking mean? Well, Griffin, do you deny that you have a tight young butt? It is pretty tight. I am 21, so age is, you know, objective, subjective. Uh You tell me. I think so. Well, Chip wants to use, what is that? Zencaster. I don't know something that doesn't audacity. something that doesn't look like it was designed in Microsoft Word. It's hilarious because literally every single person that comes on mentions how shit Audacity looks, right? Yeah, Scotty was complaining about it too. Hey, listen, man, I don't know what people got on their things. Listen, we've had Chip on too long. We're gonna have to have him back and answer more of these questions. <laughs> I think this is the end. Yeah. Is this the end? We got producer Ethan has a couple of questions if we could fit those in real quick. All yeah, right. sure. Why not? All right. I got nothing better to do. So first, we're talking about Daredevil a lot. Ethan and I are big Spider-Man fans. We're loving life story. He's got a life story question. What was your process for charting the various eras your issues of Spider-Man life story take place in and deciding the important elements to include? Who fucking cares? Good point. Yeah. Good point. Like, come on. Like, I, yeah, I just, I, I, I sat down, I did the work. That's what we do, right, Ryan? We just do the work. I mean, I take pride in my work, but yeah. I guess we just sit down and fucking do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'll give a legitimate answer mm-hmm. because I like Ethan. Mm-hmm. Um, because he hasn't said anything. <laughs> and he's in Alaska. And he's in Alaska. Um, I started by rereading all of Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I basically I went through the whole series and uh, took notes as I went on kind of 
major things and some minor things that I thought could come in handy mm-hmm. in the retelling. Um, so I charted those out and then uh, where they fell in which decade. And then uh, I, I did a chart of all the different characters that I wanted to have pop up and their first uh, appearances and how they would age in real time based on that. And then I, I had a third timeline, which was uh, just about real world events mm-hmm. to see if I could line those up as well. So, yeah, so there, there, there were three timelines that I worked with. And uh, it just kind of became a game between myself and the editor, uh, Tom Brevoort who, as we mentioned, is the best, mm-hmm. um, where we would kind of bounce the ideas back and forth and um, how we could combine things narratively mm-hmm. so they worked. Because mm-hmm. that was the tricky part with the series, is the fact that you're summing up a decade of stories within 30 pages, um, and you need a narrative through line um, for each issue, but also a narrative through line through the whole series. Mm-hmm. So kind of creating that out of those elements was the, the tricky part. Awesome. How would you like that answer, Ryan? Uh, I didn't hear any of it. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, the only thing I was, I was like daydreaming, thinking about how awesome it is when you're a writer, that part of your job becomes reading comic books. So you probably could go to work in the morning, sit on that dirty ass couch behind you, yeah, yeah. and uh, read, what, for like five hours, and that was your job. It's true. I did, uh, the other day I read for five hours, I read Absolute Carnage issue one for five hours, just because I had to keep starting over because I kept just zoning out. Because of how boring it was. It is boring. So. I'll say that. People are going to expect a lot of action and stuff. But this is a this is a conference table situation. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a lot of logistics and politics. And, you know, mm. if you don't like that, then get out, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Send your copies to Chip. I don't know why you would do that. Go on, Griffin. <laughs> I'm losing my mind over here. <laughs> Um, Ethan's also wondering how drunk were you during your Eisner acceptance speech? I was wondering that same thing. I do. I was, I was three large glasses of white wine. Okay. Okay. Um, so just enough to be a little loose. Mm -hmm. And I realized, uh, half an hour before, um, uh, my category came up that I did not have a speech. And so I pulled up my Eisner ticket and I wrote a few keywords on it. Uh, one was, uh, I think the words were dildo, wife, Nick and Kathleen, thank you. I think those were the four. How did you incorporate the dildo? Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've won Eisner's before, and mm-hmm. the first time, you never forget your first time, uh, <laughs> that I won... <laughs> Uh, I, I set the record for saying the word dildo probably like 20 times during uh-huh. my speech because I'd won for sex criminals. So I, I made some sort of joke during my Eisner speech this time um, about that time because there's continuity through my various Eisner wins. I, uh, have, a, I have a pact with some of my friends that the one thing that we all will do if we ever win an Eisner is in the middle of it when you're thanking people, just throw in a uh, thank you to Big Juan. And <laughs> did you ever, did you ever what? watch? Did you ever watch Wild Wild Country on Netflix? No. Oh, okay. You'd have to see that. He's is like that the this. cult leader? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that's the one thing that's in the middle of you know. Thanks to my wife, uh, Big Juan, uh, my parents. <laughs> Uh, I, I noticed like um, 
because my award was towards the end of the evening and a lot of people that went up like i think when tom king won he went up and you know just thanked his wife everyone thanked their wives mm. it kind of became like very repetitive people thanking their wives so when i got up i i, I said uh i said um uh, i'd like to thank my wife but um she's not really a fan and then I just kind of went on about how she doesn't really care for my work and isn't into comics. Uh, yeah. You you never believed in me. You believed in me. <laughs> Honey, you're right there. You never believed in me. <laughs> well, hey. So I was a little know. bit drunk, and I got a lot drunker afterwards. Because normally I don't like uh, I don't celebrate things and I don't really stay in the moment and so I was just like you know fuck it like this is a good night I'm gonna have a good night yeah I haven't I haven't been able to get chip drunk in person yet so no I don't drink that's the thing at conventions I don't drink it's like a rule of mine like on the road I don't I don't touch alcohol but like for some reason at, the eyes I'm like yeah let's just do it at home at home though you're like a raging alcoholic right yeah yeah as soon as I step in the door mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It's wine, wine, wine. That's great, great. Yeah, yeah. That's the best. Like, I feel like, I don't know, like, at comic conventions, especially, like, you know, in the evenings at, like, BarCon or whatever, you just watch people make so many fucking stupid mis- mistakes. Right. Saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. And I'm just like, I don't want to be a part of that at all. Yeah. And they all think that they're, you know, they're going to get jobs by drinking quickly and too much mm-hmm. and making an ass of themselves and... Yeah, that's not how that works. You're talking directly to me right now, and I don't like it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, do you think we've heard enough of Chip Zdarsky talking, Ryan? Oh, I heard. Nope. Within five minutes. More than enough, (laughs) I'd say. Um, And like you've gotten farther from the camera. (laughs) If you could push right into that bookshelf, you would. I've got my feet up. He's like Griffin and Twitter are doing all the questions now. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about Venom anymore. I don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, hey. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Um, Chip, thanks for being here, man. And uh, we'll, we'll have you back soon or never. I could care less. I think Ryan could say the same, right? Uh, no, I desperately want Chip to come back. It's okay. I was covering for us. But you're I'm going to think about good. all the. Uh, the, I'm going to think about a real good retort whenever he brings up the Eisner thing that I can't come <laughs> so up with in the moment. <laughs> We're only having him back so then you can use it so then yeah. you can play ball. Yeah, for sure. And I'll be so ready. I'll be firing it off before he even finishes. <laughs> Eisner who? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Chip, you got anything you want to plug? Anything you're reading right now or anything you want to get no. people excited about? Um, I'm doing The White Trees with Chris Anka and Matt Wilson. It's coming out from Image. Awesome. Uh, shortly, a couple of weeks, yeah, and it looks great. It's hot. <laughs> it's super sexy. They just put out a whole press release today, apologizing to retailers for all the sweet, sweet elf dick in it. Hey, send me, send me the PDF. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I won't send it to Griffin. I promise. Fuck. Okay, thank you, thank you. He's too young. He's too young for this. Can't even yeah. collect on the PDF game. God damn Can it. you imagine if he saw his first penis from your comic book? He's also, again, once again, he's a millennial. Mm-hmm. He's just going to tattoo that elf penis on his penis. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to look weird. Molly. 
It's all just for the bit. Millennials are just living one long big. <laughs> Check it out. Got this elf penis tattooed on me. What's up? You want to do some ecstasy? On my penis. On my penis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where can people find you online, Chip? Who cares? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, his avatar is no longer him with a nose full of cocaine, so what? what's the point? <laughs> is it not? It is. It is? Probably. Oh, I thought you changed it. No. What? Just because I'm more sensual. Just because I'm reading uh, kid-friendly fare now, you think I'm gonna stop doing cocaine? Well, that's the thing you didn't mention is that you don't drink at conventions, but you just do. Oh, just rails. Crazy. It's It's insane. It's insane. Uh, Every time I see Chip, I I feel like I just gotta take him right to rehab. Yeah, I have never made a mistake on cocaine. That's why I do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's pure. it's, It's party. Party time. Uh, This has been great, and um, I'm going to (laughs) go. All right, Chip. um, You know, I I expect to get some texts from you in the near future begging to be back on, and we'll have you on. uh, (laughs) Hang up. (laughs) He's out of here. All right. uh, Send him in the chat the – oh, wait. I guess we could stop. You want to talk us out? Yeah, I could talk us out real quick. All right. All right. Goodbye, Chip. Thanks for being with us. I'm Griffin, and Ethan's been sitting here being the best Rewind Boy possible, all silent, making sure we sound all good and stuff. He's at Tales of Sunshine. I'm at Griff Sheridan. Ryan, uh, this is going to come out Saturday, and uh-huh. uh, later in the week, you're going to have a big old comic book called Absolute Carnage Number 1 come out, and mm-hmm. everybody should go buy it, and everybody should be excited about it. Come and see me at uh, Vault of Midnight in Detroit yes. and on the day it releases, 6 to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then, um, what, the next Wednesday, I'll be at Midtown Comics in New York City, uh, flying business class because I'm a big shot. All right, Chip, <laughs> Chip for Netflix, Daredevil. Hashtag Chip for Netflix. Thanks for chip listening for to... <laughs>